This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to She Podcast, the podcast about podcasting from the women's point of view. And of course, about, uh, I don't know, about 8,000 billion other tangents that we often talk about that have zero to do with what we have on our show notes. But today, my amazing best friend and co-host and business partner is not here today, Jennifer Coverman. Jennifer, oh my God. Look, I missed... <laughs> This is not good. Jessica Kupferman. Oh my God. I missed you guys' names altogether. Just really. Oh my God. She's going to kill me. She's probably watching. She's going to kill me right now. Jessica Kupferman. Yay. Instead, I have the indomitable Jennifer Navarrete here today who has been podcasting for longer than I have, which is something that um, has never happened before, by the way. Just letting you know. Interesting. Can we, uh, hmm. can we let people know? 17 years. Um, yes. I launched my first podcast in September of 2005, and the rest is history. Oh, my God. All right, y'all. So listen, I picked up the mic on July 2006. So Jennifer was even prior to that, prior to there being an actual iTunes to I listen think, to podcasts. Wait. No, I think iTunes was around and actually that was the big announcement. So of course I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But if I recall in the summer of 2005, Apple announced <gasps> that podcasts were now going to be in iTunes and that's what set me on my merry path. Okay. All right. So we're going to have to like deconstruct a little bit of this. Cause my story, um, which I think lots of people have heard about before I started, I, I found podcasts because I got a device. So I got an iPod. Like, and so oh, I love iPods. I'm sad that, that they don't exist. I know I love them too. So I got an iPod and then I had to put stuff in it. So I'm not going to go into my story, but that's the only reason I found out about podcasts. I right. didn't read about them. I didn't listen to any. I didn't. I, in fact, I wasn't even on a computer very much or doing things online at all. So how did and yet, you here like you are? I mean, and here what I am, amazing I know. story. The head of this amazing international women's podcasting group, speaker, conference organizer, working at a podcasting thing. I mean, folks, if you're hearing about podcasting for the first time, Elsie is your inspiration because Aww. she was not a techie geeky. And guess what? I was not. And guess what? I mean, okay, but seriously, thanks for that. But how did you even find it? Like, I mean, what the heck? Okay, how did... I, I am techie geeky. Okay, I've been, all right. I've been I was not internet. techie geeky at yeah. all. So yes, please I, uh, let us know. I, I was on the web in the 90s. I mean, we had 2,400 uh, baud modems. I mean, when 14.4 came out, 28.8, I mean, it was like, oh, blazing speed. And of course, now we've got, you know, uh, fiber and it's like really blazing speed. So I was yeah. techie geeky and it was very, even in 2006, I mean, that's still, that's still yeah. the, I consider that OG. You get before 2007, 2008, you're in that 2004, those first three years, you're OG because there was not much out there at yeah. all to figure it out. We didn't have smartphones and apps to figure this out. It, it was heavy lifting. Like you really had to learn how to do the, the hard stuff. And so that's why nowadays I love that it's so much easier because it's a lower lift to bring people on board so that they can, you know, share their mission and their message. And I think that's key to why podcasting has such a impact because it's an intimate medium. And yet every single one of us can speak our mission and our message, whatever that is, whenever that is, how often or not how often you want to say it. Yeah. I think it's really astounding to me that one of the reasons that you started into this thing is that you figured out that you could record your voice mm. and then like put it out there. Like, Talk to me about that process because there's a, I came from like a performance kind of a background. So I was kind of used to creating, creating stuff or like being the talent, if you will, right on things like on stage or screen. I hadn't really, and I knew about radio as in like radio 
producers, but not like radio type storytellers or, or let alone for somebody who just wants to get behind the mic to talk. It took me a while to to make that leap. But you kind of figure that out. And why? What the heck? Why did you decide you were going to record and put it on the Internet and just do it? I heard about it in, in the summer of 2005. I listened to Adam Curry's Daily Source Code. Adam Curry, co-founders of podcasting, right? Yeah. And and I was listening to that. And the more that I heard what he was talking about, and then, of course, he would feature podcasters. And I was subscribing to their shows. And I was like, yeah. okay, hold on. Hold a minute. In, in, at the time, so folks, right now, this is a no-brainer. But at the time, if you wanted to be heard, you needed to be on the radio. And if you right. wanted to be seen, you need to be on TV. And if you mm-hmm. wanted to be read, you needed to be in the paper or a magazine. But all of a sudden, this thing called new media came out. And yeah. this is podcasting, blogging, vlogging, which at the time is what video, uh, doing video is called. It's called video blogging, right. blogging. So those are the three things. And it was like this leveling of the playing field where no one could stop us from doing it. So that was really the key where I was like, okay, h- hold on a minute. You mean I can record something, put it up on the web, and no one can stop me? And I was like, sign me up. And, and I, I did it. I mean, we did it. And it, of course, if you go back to show one, which by the way is on internet archives of the morning broadcast, which has pod faded since then, yeah. you're going to hear us. I think we've got the metronome. We use using GarageBand and a $20 Best Buy mic that we were like, this is incredible. I'm still proud of those things because the way yeah. that you get better is to record that terrible first show. And then you get better and you get better and get better. I can tell you, Elsie, that when I was doing this as a like, ooh, this is really cool. I can do this thing. I did not know this would become my career path. I could not have envisioned that this would be what I would be doing for a living as a podcast producer, as a podcaster, as the head of groups, as a speaker, all those things that you and I do now. I'm sure you didn't have that thought either when you first started, you know, listening to podcasts. Zero. I mean, I didn't even know. Not at all. I mean, it was just one of those things. I got into it really just because it was I felt so connected to the people who were already doing it. And it was all about the thing we were like that only thing that really connected us all was the thing that we were trying to do, which was mm-hmm. record our yeah. whatevers and put it online and and that's it. Like we weren't even thinking, at least I should probably talk about my own experience there, but I wasn't really actually thinking about an audience. I was just really into the actual recording and putting it online. And every time I published something and I could listen I called that a win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, what, whatever it sounded like, right? Metronome yeah. on the background, all, all on left channel, not right. I mean, for me, I'm, oh I'm my god, myself. All those totally. experiences, yes. yeah, we learn, we learn, we learn, we get better. And that, that's, I, I think the those of us that have been in this space for any length of time, we always tell the newbies, your first few shows are just not going to be that great. Now, this is not to discourage you. It's actually to yeah. encourage you mm-hmm. because our first few shows were not great at all. I'm telling you, go to Internet Archive, look up Morning Brewcast. You're going to hear those first episodes yeah. where we sound terrible. I'm still proud of them because it got me here and it'll get you there. Nowadays, we have easier tools. We've got mobile plus apps. We've got all kinds of things that make it easier, which is fantastic. But I think just getting started, that's the key. Just yeah. get started. And so I do things that kind of encourage folks to do that through challenges or talks or anything like that. I love that. Look at Carrie says, I just wanted to have conversations, which is, uh, God bless you, Carrie, because that was never in my, like, I'm like, talk to other humans? What? No, just me. I just want to talk. Or and maybe <laughs> with like one person. But that actually takes me to something else that you started doing, Mm -hmm. Um, this thing that I'm not even going to try to say because I always mess it up. I I all, Napod Pomo, Napod Pomo, Napod Pomo, Mm -hmm. which is based on the National Month of Novel Writing Month, right? That is something that has been going on, I don't know, for a a really long while. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I heard about NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. And I was like, ooh, 50,000 words in the month of November. Cool. I don't, I don't want to do 50,000 words in the month of November. Go, but go, you writers. And I just <laughs> dismissed it. And then yeah. I heard about NAB Blow Pomo, National Blog Post Month. I'm like, oh, you could blog, a blog every single day in the month of November. And I was like, okay, I get that because as a podcaster, we're writing blog posts all the time. We just yeah. call them show notes. And yes. so then I, and then I still thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. I might want to do that. And then I heard about Nat Vlopomo, which at the time again yes. was called blogging. And then mm-hmm. that, I don't think that exists any longer, but at the time it did. And so it was Nat, I go, oh, holy cow. Okay. The video bloggers are doing a 30 day challenge. Let me go find the one for podcasting. I'm going to join. I get it. November is a challenge month. Yeah. And I searched high and low and came up empty handed. And I was so, kind of like miffed and, and kind of like, what? 
Yeah, how can yeah. even the video bloggers, I mean, video is hard. <laughs> how can the video bloggers have a month, bloggers have a month, writers have a month, and podcasters are out with nothing? And so three days before November 1st, back in 2007, I'm like, I'm making it. Wow. And I, and I did now at the, of course, you don't know if anybody's going to join you. I'm like, I'm going to mm. be doing this by myself. No one's going to care that this crazy girl from Texas thought I'm going to do this <laughs> thing. And that's, but I was like, I just threw it out there. I'm doing this thing. Anybody want to join me? Here's what it is. And by the time we were said and done in that first year, we had 50 podcasters who had joined that's at some amazing. point during the month. <laughs> and oh here we are God. 15 and years later. Are. <laughs> I picked it up. I started doing the November thing. I actually have never done the audio and I'll talk about it here in a second. But I started doing the video, I believe in 2008, because I had just had my baby, my first kid. And, you know, she was born in October, early October. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't working, working at that time, obviously. And so then I kind of was like, oh, here's this thing because I was connected to all the social media channels and people started talking about these hashtags. And so the hashtag that I saw was Navlopomo. Yes. And I decided I'm going to give this a go. And I started to chronicle the month of November from that first year, from 2008, until I think for like three or four years after that. And wow. one of the last years that I did it, I added the, uh, like two, the last two years, I added an audio component. Mm. Um, I don't believe that it was Napodpomo. It mm -hmm. was at that time, the hashtag that I was using was audio mo. It was audio month. And so mm -hmm. I was using audio boom. Yes. Audio boom. I was using audio boom. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and then when audio boom disappeared, I started using SoundCloud for that. Oh, and yes. so I would just grab my SoundCloud and I would just do it. And it was so, I mean, it was the easiest and it thing. Was I easy. loved it. Oh my yeah. God, it was so good. Mm -hmm. But then I realized I ran out of the free plan yeah. for then SoundCloud like and I stopped. <laughs> I know. I was like, no. <laughs> well, wait, well, you mean you didn't just create another free account and then just continue? Oh, look at <laughs> You know what's really, I mean, it's not strange. My SoundCloud account is still, I think it's still there. And it still has my cute little recordings yes. of my kids mm -hmm. when I was a little. And so to me, they're so precious and they're so meaningful. I wish that Audio Mo, Audio Boom would have also stayed because that was actually my favorite place to share. Mm -hmm. So that's what I used to use that month for. And I wanted to get more people involved. And I, and I felt like the, uh, the reason I went with audio mo versus now. Cause you could say homo, <laughs> Yeah, that would be it. But the other thing is because I felt, because I had caught my idea of what a podcast was. I kept thinking a podcast was so big. Like I felt like this is a audio moment versus a podcast. Like I felt right. like. I have to create a podcast. And so I ha I decided that making participating in the National Podcasting Month would entail a large It'd be heavy lifting. You're thinking heavy, heavy lifting. Yeah. It would be too big. Yeah. yeah. And well, and and so I can understand that too. And and what you just said about Audio Boom how it didn't stick around. I think that's right just a little time out here for those that are mm -hmm. new to podcasting. Yeah. We Elsie and I have seen a lot of great amazing companies come and go. They run out of venture capital funding and guess what? You go to log in and there's nothing there. And there's nothing there. And, and all you don't your get stuff that much gone. of a notification. It's if like you get a notification down. Right. You're like, "Oh, oh yeah. scramble." So the key I think for me is that and I say this often is that use all the tools, own everything. So mm. use Audio Boom, use these, use SoundCloud, but download everything because the tools are very easy. They do make it easy. But then download it to your computer so that on the off chance they go away, you you haven't lost those recordings or that content. And and it's a tough thing. It's like right now, you know, you see a lot of folks who are wanting to download their databases in various places. It's a good idea to just put it on the calendar once a quarter. Download your database from Facebook. Download your database from Twitter. Download your database from everywhere. Just kind of like as a housekeeping thing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yes, time out. So, okay, podcasting. So one of the things that helped me kind of share and encourage more people to dive into NAPOD POMO was that there wasn't really any kind of requirement as far as length. There wasn't any requirement for how frequently you needed to do it within the month because it's just 30 podcast episodes in 30 days. You can show up on day one, you can show up on day five, you can show up on day 30. If on day 30 you discover it for the first time and you record all 30 episodes, 
on on the 30th, I mean, good for you. You've completed the challenge. So it's really meant to be very liberating and there really is no length. And one of the ways that I've come up with that makes sense to me is that I kind of divide it out into kind of four levels of podcasting level. um, Well, not four levels, four time lengths. Mm -hmm. So um, micro podcasts, like, you know, one to five minutes, something really short, sweet to the point. A nugget podcast, like maybe five to 15 minutes or so, usually around 10 minutes. And then there's the commuter podcast, like 20 to 30 minutes, the average commute, although some folks I know have longer commutes, you get to listen to two shows if that's the case. And then long form, 45 minutes plus. And I tell folks, do whatever fits. If you want to do a micro podcast, which I do, I do a lot of micro podcasts for NAPOD POMO, unless I'm doing an interview show with somebody else. And if I'm doing an interview show with somebody else, then we're looking at commuter length because there's a dialogue back and forth and we may be interviewing people or something. But it's just, have at it, like muck around. This is the freedom if you're a new podcaster to fail fast, get good, because you're like, I don't know what this button does and what's an RSS feed and should I have background music and how does this work? How does Anchor work? You know, how does Podbean work? How does Spreaker Studio work? Um, What if I want to do something online? You know, what if I want to do video? So it's that thing of like, let's throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. Let's push the buttons, pull the levers and see what happens. But if you're a seasoned podcaster like we are, it's also an opportunity to experiment with something new because when you're seasoned, people think, oh, they got their stuff unlocked. Yeah, we do. But we're also content creators and we're also like, ooh, what's that tool? Or, hey, I have this new idea for a show, but is it really, let me flesh it out a little bit through NAPOD Pomo and see if I like it. So it's a way to kind of experiment no matter where you are in the podcasting life cycle, whether you're new to it for the first time or whether you've been doing it for a really long time. And I'm constantly experimenting. I'm experimenting um, with two with one show that's a real experiment, going from Twitter spaces to Zealous One, using their RSS feed and sending yeah, yeah. that to the feed. D- will it blend? Will it work? I mean, I'm on day we're on day seven, and so far it hasn't broken yet. But that's a new feature that Zealous is offering. So I don't know. Throwing spaghetti against the wall. Who knows? Yeah, I love. I, I think that part of it is exactly what you you nailed it right now. By the way. Folks who are watching us, obviously, you are watching us on November 7th. So it's a Monday. For those of you who are watching us live at this moment, obviously, it's the first week of November. You can go ahead and participate on this. Now, the show is going to be live. Let me see. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 on November 11th. You can still still join. (laughs) You can still join. So just letting you know that if you listen to that there, you could still join. One of the things that I really love about what you're saying is the fact that we often get so caught up in the way that we're, just like I did, we're so caught up on how you're supposed to do the podcasting thing. And, And even if you, let's say, don't have anything around how to create all the podcast, we do get kind of caught up in how we create our podcast. And we right. don't deviate from that format because- well, it's, it's a formula that's tried and true and it works and our audience expects that from us. So if we change it, they may not like it. Exactly. And it's like, you don't want to test it to some degree, right? You can switch things around here and there. And of course, if you need to totally redo your thing, do it. But this is really great for being able to do all that stuff. Like if you don't have an interview show, This is a great opportunity to try, right? Mm -hmm. Or the other way around. If you're like, I've just been doing interview shows, why not try to do like a little mini snippet of just you talking? What if you're not recording in front of it? Like, because even that to me was so freeing. The reason that it was so easy for me is because I was recording the audios for when I participated in the past, when I was out at a park with my kids, like Mm -hmm. when I was pushing the stroller, when I was inside of the grocery store and it came up, literally just took it out and started talking and I was on the go. Mm -hmm. So it was so freeing to me to be able to do that on the phone. And now there are, there's so many other alternatives. There's so many apps. Can you tell us, number one, let's really quickly talk about Zealous for a moment. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are here, Zealous is an, is like a Twitter spaces sort of based app, right? Does it have, and more things because it creates like a a lot. Um, So my specific use case for Zealous, because they also are involved in Web3 and you can connect your Mm -hmm. Twitter account, you can connect Ethereum. We're not going to get too complex here, but for my use case as an experiment for NAPOD POMO, I go to zealous.one, I connect my Twitter account and it downloads every single one of my spaces, whether I hosted them or whether I was speaking in them. 
Now, that's not my NAPOD Pomo podcast, right? Because I'm talking about all kinds of random things and all yeah. kinds of shows. But what you can do is you can create a channel on the left side. And so I created a NAPOD Pomo channel. And then I can go and I can go, okay, this episode right here in all of the plethora of, of spaces is actually one for NAPOD Pomo. And I can copy it to that channel. And that channel has an RSS feed. And I can take that RSS feed and submit it to the mega feed. So you can go from spaces to RSS pretty quickly through their, um, they're like the conduit. Think of them as the bridge to kind of get yeah, you there. Because yeah. we're comfortable with our phone and a lot of people are social audio. They're like, I get social audio. I like it. I enjoy it. But a podcast seems like, ooh, scary. Yeah. Well, this is kind of a shortcut way to do it. But that's my experiment for the month is how does this work and what's the process to go through? Because you want to add in your show notes. You want to add in your album art. You want to make sure that the title is the way that you wanted it to be before you add it to that channel. Because then once it does, then it goes you know out to the world where, wherever you've submitted that, that feed. Yeah, it is so neat the way that they're doing all of this incredible stuff behind the scenes. And they're making it so easy. It's like, because uh, I just asked for some help for about Twitter spaces because I've been messing around with Twitter spaces and all I really wanted was my the ability to download the Twitter spaces. I just wanted yeah. that and I didn't know how to do it. And I asked on the show, on the feed, and I got mm-hmm. all of these things. And plus I've been stalking you and saw <laughs> that you were using this thing. And I'm like, what is this thing? And mm-hmm. I saw that it was this incredible tool. Uh, I, I was just like, might as well. And that's the other thing, folks. Listen, if you find tools like this, Use them, make them part of your workflow. But also remember, because Jennifer and I have been here for a long time, sometimes they disappear. So you always have to have a backup. So I, what I was always doing whenever I found a new functionality for a new app mm-hmm. is I always started to see that in other apps. Like I started to see like, can I do this workflow mm-hmm. here? And I always will ask myself, what will I do if this goes away? Yes. Oh, Always. and that's so important. So important. I think we get too caught up and we fall in love with apps. I, I know yes. I do. Yes, and then, me and too. And then they go away and we're heartbroken, but all, yep. not just heartbroken that it's gone, but all of a sudden all of our content's gone. So another app that's that's similar in a way, doesn't do the RSS feed, but where you can aggregate your playlist with your spaces mm-hmm. is called Flojin. F-L-O-J-I-N. Yeah, so good. And that one also does the transcripts, doesn't it? Yes. All, and oh yes, by God. the way, Zealous does that too. So does Flojin. Oh. You can create little clips, little audiograms of, of clips and it'll put it out there. Flogin, what I like about them is that you can also create playlists, but it'll automate that. So it'll automatically go to your playlist. So I have a Web3 101 that I do every Wednesday. I do a spaces and it's just short little nugget to commuter type yeah. episode. And it automatically goes into the Web3 101 playlist on Flogin. And I'm training the one on Zealous to do that because you can actually, in Zealous, you can set up filters. And so I've set up a filter that every time it sees a hashtag web, every time it sees the phrase Web3 101 in my spaces that it automatically puts it in that channel. And I'm trying to see what I can do. Again, pushing the buttons, pulling the levers. I don't know. I'm trying it for NAPOD Pomo. Yeah, why not? Right. And I think that that's something that a lot of, for those of us have, I think that that's a quality for those of us that have longevity in these tech spaces need to have. It's that curiosity to test things out, poke buttons, figure out what the buttons do. How do you, and because that's where podcasting came from. It literally yes. was with like oh. Adam Curry yep. and Dave Weiner sitting there going, how do I get this over here? Mm-hmm. Right. And then you just stick it, you put yeah. it in there <laughs> and it, they figured out how to do that, you know? Well, but it's also us as users going, I'd like to do this. Can we do this? How can we yeah. do this? So it's yeah. that open experimentation. I think that's really key here is that don't be afraid to experiment. And right. be open about it. So I'm, I do experiments every single month and I tell people, I'm trying this thing out. Here's what I think will happen. Will it blend? I don't know. Let's try it out. And people yeah. follow me on that journey. Now, here's the kicker. Not every experiment works. Right. <laughs> a lot of them don't or some part of it works and another part and it's something. Here's the key. It wasn't me, Jennifer, who failed. It's the experiment. When you're yes. in the lab and scientists are doing things or whatever, not every experiment works. That's why it's called an experiment. If we knew it would work, it'd be called a for sure. So liberate yourself, like get the, that burden of needing to, that it's going to work and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be perfect. Allow yourself the freedom to experiment. It is very liberating. It's also fun. And the thing that I've been surprised by, Elsie, is that people come to me and say, gosh, I see you doing all these things all the time. And you've actually encouraged me to try my own experimentation. And I want to thank you for that. I'm like, oh, cool. I 
doing it for my own self because I'm curious and want to try things and I don't know if it's going to work. And so let's see. And I said, but I love that that's encouraging others. So I just want to encourage folks, try something. If podcasting is where you're like, oh, people are, I'm really well known in this space and people will think things, let folks know, announce, we're trying this thing. It may or may not work. Here's the parameters of how we're trying it. We invite you to come along on the journey and then just keep them informed and people will cheer you on. And anyone who's, who has anything to say that's less than supportive, you probably don't want those people in your life anyway. Yep. <laughs> just so, saying. Speaking on that, you've been doing this for a long time now, a yearly thing. Are there any core things or something that you've noticed trend-wise from those who choose to participate in two ways. One of them in the type of person that's willing to take the challenge. And the second thing is the tools that you have seen most folks succeed in using through the month. We've seen, so I'll start with the second question, then go back to the first. So I think what we're seeing a lot more success is mobile. So we are a global Mm, challenge. I know it's National Podcast Post Month, but that's only because, again, I modeled it after National Novel Writing Month. But I call us a nation of podcasters, and we're global. Mm -hmm. So we have people who are coming in from Nigeria, people who are coming in from Australia, from the Netherlands, from the UK, from Ireland, you know, from the US, Canada, South America, like all over, like truly a global challenge. And the really nice thing about that is that because we now have this liberation of, of mobile plus apps, people who in the past could not have participated because they didn't have a computer, didn't have a US be Mike, you know, didn't have those kinds of things. They can now because they've got a mobile phone plus apps. So I think that's really the key here is lower, making sure that folks know that they can participate at any level. And when we talk about levels, I can tell you that I think there's four levels of podcasting. Level one is mobile plus apps. Level two is a computer with some software, whether it's GarageBand or Audacity or whatever else, and a USB mic. Level three is where you're like, probably Elsie and I, you're like, I'm all in, I'm building a studio. Yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) And then level four is where you have a mission and you have a message, but you do not care about the tech. You don't want to do 3am editing sessions. You don't want to learn all the things that it takes, but you know, podcasting is where one of the platforms that you want to use or one of the mediums that you want to use to get your mission and your message out there. So you work with a podcast producer and whether Mm. you go in studio or whether you do remote and I'm a virtual podcast producer, I work with clients all over the country. But that's the four levels of podcasting. And as a podcaster, I use all four all the time, knowing what the use case is. You mentioned um, walking with and being in the park with the kids and being mm-hmm. able to do it on your phone. One year, I experimented and created the Walk Talk Challenge so that I could use Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse with my mobile phone, record it while I'm that's interviewing nice. other women entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it, it was like, will it blend? Can I do it? Now, this was before Twitter and, and Clubhouse had recording. So I was actually using a second phone that I was calling in and being just a dormant person in there and then doing the screen capture recording, which also recorded the audio and then stripping that out. And that was the podcast. So if you go to walktalkchallenge.com, those are all you're going to hear birds, dogs, cars, sirens, everything, but not just from my side, you're going to hear it from that other person's side. And my very first interview is with Steph Fuccio, who at the time was in Albania and she's the podcast, global podcast editors person, right? Uh-huh. And she was in Albania and I was in, in San Antonio, Texas. And I'm walking around my neighborhood. You can hear the birds chirping. She's walking around in a, in a park in Albania. You can hear the birds chirping. And I was like, ah, I just love the shrinking of the world. It's so amazing. And it's all through audio. It's powerful, folks. And it, if you start to take away those boundaries, that's the thing, right? You just need to start testing yeah. it out and see how it works. Yes. And I think that ability for us to just play with things mm-hmm. is so missing, I feel now more than anything else, going back to what I asked you before. Yes. Because what I've seen is that there is a, we're going to start a podcast. Right. How are we going to yeah. get all the things? Hold on. Put the billboard, get the spotlights. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Like, boom, baby. Right. And yeah. so everybody and wants it- to just bust into the door and say, here's our podcast. But that's a hard launch. There's nothing wrong with a soft launch. A soft launch is your friend. It gives you a chance to develop your voice and it gives you a chance to kind of get your sea legs underneath you. It gives you an opportunity to slowly grow your audience, which is why I recommend folks look at social audio. Social audio is a great proving ground. You will know if your mission or your message lands. Why invest in the equipment? Why invest in all the things if actually it has no audience? So start with social audio and soft launch your concepting and and develop your voice and get to know your audience and they will help inform your show. And then you can turn that into a podcast because now you've got fans and you have Mm -hmm. a proven concept and you're more confident in yourself as a podcaster because you've been very successful as a social audio host. 
Yeah, there's something to be said about that because I've always, and it's not just necessarily dialogue, right? To me, like having uh, the social audio component of it, I've always wanted to do something that is a little more on the teaching side on my end with my other life, which was being a yoga teacher and like teaching people to be in their bodies and all that kind of stuff. And I do miss it. I don't necessarily want to sometimes have a conversation with anybody, but I would like to have that like one kind of a thing where I'll just start talking Mm -hmm. and you can just be in there and listen with me. You can come to class, right? So you can do that as social audio as well because (laughs) you can start that process that way. I so love that, that you said that you can come to class. I love yeah. that. I think you need to do that. Yeah, that's right. We call it social audio because you can have two-way conversation, but you right. don't have to. Um, one of the things that I'm doing um, for my other podcast I'm doing is, is the one I'm putting through Zealous is me just talking. I don't announce it. I don't schedule it. I just go, I title it. I go live. I speak for a few minutes and then I yeah. close it out. And if anybody joins, they're not invited up to stage because this is just a conduit for me yes. to share what I need to share to get it out the door. And if they want to listen, if they want to listen to the replay, it's fine. But it, I'm using it for my use case. Exactly. This is it. You guys, listen. It's so good to hear somebody say those same things that I've often offered to other people to test things out, to just do the thing. You do not have to do it for like, it doesn't have to be perfect. I cannot even tell you, I'm sure, Jennifer, just doing what you're doing right now, you've already learned so much mm -hmm. in so many different ways, not only about yourself, the way that you work best, what are the things that are the most challenging things for you, how you would design an experience for somebody else, how Mm -hmm. to teach that to somebody else who really just wants to like be super clear right out the door. Like there's just so much learning that's involved when Mm -hmm. you attach yourself to doing the action on the daily. There's nothing that's better than being able to just do it. You're fast tracking your knowledge. You know, the the whole thing of the fail fast, get good. Nobody wants to fail, but it's the fail fast, get good. Don't Mm -hmm. forget the get good part. As you continue to go, like the one yesterday, somebody who who was on day six, I think of Napod Pomo, I've been doing some little teachings and my little nuggets are like how to have better audio and here's some considerations and those kinds of things. And they had watched a video I'd done and listened to the audio. And so she said, I'm going to, I'm, she got her mic really up close and she was, you know, getting her warm voice and yeah, really yeah, kind of yeah. do all that. And she took a picture of herself so she could send me. And then she replied back and said, oh, by the way, I forgot to plug in my microphone. Oh my God. <laughs> and she said, from now on, when I go, when I get to this episode, I'm going to laugh myself silly because I was oh. like thinking, let me do everything Jennifer said so I can hear the difference between her just talking, you know, to her computer mic and actually getting a mic and, you know, leaning in close and getting the proximity effect. And and she's just laughing and laughing. And I said, I, I was laughing along with her. I go, that's hilarious. She said, but I'm actually proud of it because I'm learning and taking action. And even if, you know, I missed a big giant step, plug in the microphone. She goes, I'm still learning. And I said, that's good to hear. Good to know. I love, it's just, it happens all the time. I can't even tell you. You know, there's something else that you've been really focusing in on that I'm, I'm kind of want to introduce, especially to our audience. And that's all the Web3 stuff, right? Mm. All the Web3 stuff that you kind of touched. And mind you, we're not going to dive into that because we don't really have enough time for all of the crazy. No, we could spend all day just Um, on that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But also, did you start with the Web3 stuff because you already kind of have been with the whole techie thing and you're, you're partial and open to anything that's technologically moving forward, futuristic and, you know, something new? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm an early adopter um, for yeah. sure. I mean, I'm like, ooh, what's that? Let's go check that yeah. out over there. In August of 2017, I was attending a, a conference and mm-hmm. one of the speakers on there was Michael Taggart and he was talking about cryptocurrency, but he was talking about cryptocurrency like investing. You know, this yeah. is what it is. This is how you yeah. can do it. Here's I was overwhelmed. I was like, whoa, this guy's way over my head. It's a lot to take in, but I recognized that there was something I needed to pay attention to. But at the very end... He said, oh, and by the way, did you know that you can blog and earn cryptocurrency? And I was like, oh, well, I know blogging. So I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. N- now let me lean in. And he talked about this blockchain where you could go and blog. And so I went and created an account, wrote four blog posts, made 12 cents and said, meh, 
not for me. <laughs> Took off. I'm like, not impressed. Yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah, yeah. for me. I left. But in March of 2021, my friend Shane Mata, who's um, here on, on Twitter or on, is on Twitter at Shane, he said, hey, I've been doing this thing for a few years and I want you to take a look at it. I think you'd really like it. And I was like, sure. And as he was showing me what he was doing, I'm like, ooh, this sounds familiar. And sure enough, it had grown. It had matured. So when we think about Web3, it's a lot of things. It's, it yeah. is cryptocurrency, it's DeFi, decentralized finance, it's DAOs, it's NFTs, it's a lot of stuff. But when I saw it, I went really, really narrow. I just focused on the one thing. And the one thing that made sense to me was that you could create content like microblogging, like Twitter, things like Facebook. You could do photos like Instagram, videos like YouTube. You could stream like Twitch. But if you did it on the blockchain through their decentralized apps, which is just apps like Twitter or whatever, but it isn't Twitter. It's their own thing. Yeah, yeah. You could own your content, meaning no one can t- can put you in Facebook jail. Nobody can say you, you can't put your videos here anymore. Mm. You can own it, but you can also have the opportunity to micromonetize. And micromonetize is the few cents here, a few cents there, a few dollars here, a few dollars there. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So I kind of started mucking around in there because I was like, okay, I didn't. it didn't make sense in 2017. In March of 2021, it started to make sense. And I did an A-B split test. And the A-B split test was I put, uh, I was baking bread at the time. And so I did a photo and a little thing, baking bread, kind of a post and put yeah, it yeah. on Twitter, where at the time I had like 5,000 followers. And then I put it on the on the blockchain where I had like nine followers. And on the blockchain, 11 people upvoted it and I earned 37 cents. And on Twitter, three people gave me a heart and I earned nothing. And I thought, Okay, 37 Uh. cents is nothing to write home about. It's not going to pay a bill. But then I went and looked at the 46,000 tweets that I have over all the years I've been on Twitter. And I thought, okay, if we say all things being equal and 37 cents times 46,000 tweets, that's over $17,000 over the life of that account. So then I and so I thought, okay, there's something here. And I, again, I'm, you're still finding me on Twitter. You're, I'm still on Facebook. I'm still on LinkedIn. I'm still on YouTube. I'm still on those things. Yeah, All yeah. I have done is added the blockchain as another destination for my content. Because I, at one time I was only on Twitter. And, and then one time I was only on Facebook. And then all of a sudden I was on Instagram. And all of a sudden I was on YouTube. And all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. you just add these other things. This is another destination for my content because of the ownership opportunity and because of the micromonetization. And when people say micromonetization, I hear, I hear you, but what does that mean? I gave you an A-B split test that I did, but I'll give you another example, another concepting. If you think about the change at the, at the bottom of your pockets at the end of the day, and you put that in the piggy bank, not a lot. Maybe it's a dime. Maybe it's a few pennies. Maybe it's a buck. But you put that into your piggy bank. By the time the piggy bank is full and you take it to the bank, it's a few hundred dollars. And if you keep mm-hmm. doing that over time, it becomes something of, of substance. And so the other thing to consider with that is that, and so you think decentralized apps, like, okay, Jennifer, you're saying I can microblog over there and I can do things like YouTube and Instagram. But the reality is that um, let's look at it as a mall. Like if you're on Twitter and you're on Facebook and you're on YouTube and you're on Instagram and you're on Twitch, you have accounts, logins for every single one of those because they're all different companies. Well, Facebook and, yeah. And, yeah. and Instagram are the same, but they're all different companies at one time. So you need different logins, right? With the blockchain for a particular, blo- for a particular blockchain. And there's a lot of blockchains out there, folks, but let's compare a blockchain to a mall. Yeah. Okay. There's malls all over your city. There's malls all over the country. Lots of different malls. But when you go into the mall, you have access to everything in that mall, right? All the stores, food court, tech, shopping, clothes, whatever. You want to do it, it's all in the mall. So the blockchain is like the mall. And each of the decentralized apps or the platforms that you would create content on are like the stores in the mall. So you can decide to go into the main entrance of the mall and go into the mall and then pick which stores you want to go into. Or you can go into Nordstrom's because you're like, I like Nordstrom's. There's a guy that plays piano. They got a little cafe. I like the vibe. I'm just going to hang out here. Even though by entering and entering through Nordstrom's, you still have access to the whole mall. You can just make the decision to just hang out where you want to hang out. So the whole mall is available to you. And we, as people who are in the mall, can decide where we want to go and what we want to do in the mall. Same thing with the blockchain. You have one account with one way to get in, one set of keys, one password, and you get into the mall and that gives you, you go into the blockchain, sorry, and that gives you access to everything that's on the blockchain. It doesn't mean you have to do everything. You could just say, I like to tweet, so I'm going to hang out in the microblog, which is what I did. For those first few months, I was like, I like to tweet and I like to blog. And I only hung out in two places, the microblog and the blog place. Every, you know, my friend Shane was like, there's all this other stuff. And I'm like, la, 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 la. it's too <laughs> no. much. No, I can't handle it. And so for a long time, I was happy in where I was the most comfortable. And I, that's, I was, that was to me, that was the blockchain. That was Web3. Now, of yeah. course, I've been doing it for a little bit longer and I'm much more comfortable in many more places in the mall. 
But again, find where you like to go, hang out there, get comfortable with it, and then expand if you want to. If not, if Nordstrom's is your thing, hang out in Nordstrom's. Nobody's making you go anywhere else. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way I think I've ever seen it. The least scary thought, because I've always had it be like so othered. I've othered Web3, you know, where I didn't even want to deal with anything that has to do with that. And I think that you know, this is a really important conversation for a lot of people to be having. As you know, like we're going to kind of move a little bit towards the end of our discussion here of news. And I think that some of the biggest news, I think that I'm sure that it's still going to be going on by Friday has been what's been going on on Twitter. You know, it's like this has been possibly one of the most monumental shifts that I have experienced in all my time in online things. I mean, like we were mentioning before, we've seen companies dissolve. We've seen companies be bought and then disappear. We've seen so much when it came to a lot of uh, this kind of conversations with social platforms that have come up and gone away. But Twitter has been around for such a long time and the scale of the usage worldwide and the way that it has been, just everybody knows about Twitter. I remember specifically when I started, um, that that was my very first social media was Twitter. It was like the number one place. I didn't, I don't think that, I think I might have had, might have had MySpace right at the same time as well. But Twitter's the thing that I remember I really connected with and it became everything to me. That's part of our daily life. But you know, what was really interesting is like back then I was telling everybody, I'm like, follow me on Twitter. And they were like, what's Twitter? It was like (laughs) almost exactly the same idea between telling people about the podcast and telling people about Twitter. It was Mm -hmm. just like mind blowing for people. But now like you'll see stuff like that on the news, like, Mm Twitter will pop up. So all that to say that it's really shaken the foundation of so much and people are leaving in droves and going to all kinds of places, especially Mastodon, which is what I wanted to bring up because it's kind of part of that Web3 experience that you're talking about. What are your thoughts about all of that? Mastodon's been around for a bit and it's a great place to to go hang out and have, there's no algorithm. There's no, I mean, that's the nice thing too about Web3. There's no algorithm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is being posted, you're going to, you're going to see it, all of yeah. it. Um, you can add filters in, obviously, if you want no, not safe for work stuff, it, you can definitely do that kind of stuff. But it's the wild west in much that social media was a wild west. And so when we talk about wild west, we think about California gold rush, but we don't think yeah. about the Oregon trail, you know, where you could die on the way, you know, there's all kinds of ways. Yeah. So wherever humanity is, you're going to have the most amazing, wonderful experience. You're going to have the terrible experience. We have to control what we see and how we see it and we get to choose. And I think the reason people are fleeing to places like Mastodon or Web3 in general is because of the ownership aspect of it and because of the fact that we're not going to be controlled. Like it can't be bought. Right. It's decentralized. Even if one person shuts you down on one server, there's servers all over the world. And that's the real power of decentralized. Because right now, centralized means like Twitter can flip a switch, bing, your account's gone. Facebook can flip flip a switch, bing, your account's gone. All your network, all your connections, all your content gone. YouTube can do the same because they're centralized. Decentralized means that there's servers that are run by individuals all around the globe. And so even if one person said, bing, there's, you know, a bunch more that exists, so you couldn't be gone, which is where the ownership aspect comes to play. We're going to see more and more. I think Web3 was already gaining momentum and popularity as far as content creators. And that's that's how I see. Again, Mm -hmm. very narrow. I am a content creator. I will be creating content from now until the day I graduate to the next level of existence, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. I don't imagine that I won't be. So knowing that about myself, why wouldn't I also create content at a destination which gives me ownership and the possibility of monetization? which is the blockchain. And it's a very powerful thing. There's a lot that can be said. We're not going to go deep dive into it, but just start looking around. Do your due diligence and research because not all blockchains are the same by any stretch of the imagination. You really do have to do your due diligence and research to know where you're going. And again, it's the Wild West. So you could strike it rich with the California Gold Rush or you could wind up on the Oregon Trail. So (laughs) doing your due diligence and research is very important. Go with guides that you know, like, and trust that are going to guide you. And I do a lot of those kinds of things, but there's not, I'm not the only one. There's folks who are really good guides. Find those guides because Shane was my guide, my friend Shane. Mm -hmm. I looked at it before and I was like, meh. 
And then when he brought it up and showed me, he has been me and my family, my whole family joined. We all joined at the same time. I'm like, I'm not doing this alone. Let's figure this out. And I would say, join with friends, join with others because there's a lot to learn, but learning together is amazing and fun. And you all can cheer each other on and support one another and just, you know, go through this experience as a group. Yeah. There's something to be said about that whole, the community aspect of it, because I remember whenever we were all testing out new places to go, we would always go look for each other. So there was nobody in my real life that I knew physically in front of me who was doing the type of testing that I was doing online stuff. And so every time that I would go into a new social network that would come up, I would always go search for those feed people Mm -hmm. that I knew would also be there. And so there was a certain kind of a thing that we we all vibed in with a little bit of that whole tech thing, right? Mm -hmm. What I have noticed now, though, unfortunately, is that a lot of the folks that at least that I work with tend to really stick to the stuff that everybody knows, right? And it's, it's still really challenging to go push the envelope to test new things out because nobody wants to join you anymore. Nobody and, and I don't know if it's because I've been around for so long now and I'm, you know, I'm in my 50s and that's my friends or my peers have also sort of aged and they're like, eh, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, that. Well, I don't know. Things pop up all the time, right? There's so many new things and no one has room on their plate for the new thing and it's yep. exhausting and, and you can't yes. keep up with everything. So you do kind of at some point have to make the decision on what, how far you're willing to go and what you're willing to do. And that is a decision that you should, each one of us needs to be comfortable with. I like trying new things. I'm curious by nature and yeah. I'm always going to be pushing the buttons and pulling the levers and going, ooh, what's that over there? Let's go check it out. And so this is that whole learn, share, grow model that I pull from Social Media Club. I was a local chapter president here locally. And when they talked about learn, share, grow, I was like, oh, that's my whole life. I've done that my whole life. So I still believe in that. So I will go learn something. If it's something worth knowing, I will share what it is so that we can all grow together. And I and yeah. I feel like we all know something, but together we know more. Yes. And I think that the critical mass that I've seen this past few days around people actively seeking something else. Mm-hmm has been, it's it's actually one of the things that we often need as human beings. You've, you are faced with either yes or no, right? And there's some of us who, like you said, I will be a, a creator until I'm just not, you know, but that's <laughs> the whole, my whole life right now. Mm-hmm. If you have that thing that drives you, this, you're going to do it. You're going to test it out. And then there's the people who are going to be like, well, okay, it's, it's like literally, Oh, Twitter's gone? Okay, well, then I guess I'm not. And they won't ever seek anything else. It's like mm-hmm. they just, and that's all right, too. I mean, it's it's perfectly fine. I joined Mastodon, I think, in like last year. It, actually, no, 2021. Mm-hmm. And I went in a couple times, but I didn't gel too much because I didn't have anybody that I knew. Mm-hmm. And then any time that I bumped into people that I didn't know, they were a little too different than me and they were speaking a language I didn't understand. Like I didn't know how to, like it was one of those things, speaking of the mall analogy, it was mm-hmm. sort of like somebody dropped you in like your least favorite store, store in the mall, whatever that is. <laughs> and you're like, where's the door? And like, you're trying to hang out and you're like, but I really don't like being here. And so, but I didn't realize that I could walk out the door and that there were other stores like, you know, so <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And so mm-hmm. I just kind of went in that store and I kept going to that store. I'm like, maybe this time I'll yeah, go no. to that store. And it never or I didn't know I could leave or mm-hmm. go somewhere else. So now because the education and the level of stuff that's come out, it started to make sense to me. And so I go, oh, that's so wonderful. Oh, it like blew my mind. I was like, no yeah. wonder this everybody's talking about. But again, you do need at least a couple of people that you yes. know mm-hmm. in some way that you can do that. Oh my, look at this. We have like our first uh, spammer. Oh, nice. Let me see. I know, right? <laughs> this is fantastic. 
<laughs> I know that's never really ever happened. This is so exciting. Talking about Web3 called in, in the, the spammer. spammer, of course, as it would. Of course. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for everything that you've done uh, and then shared with us today. I think that this is the first time that we've been able to speak into all of this stuff. I would love for you to share how we can contact you. Actually, you know what? First of all, how do they join the challenge, Napod Pomo? How and how do people connect with you? Napod Pomo is N-A-P-O-D-P-O-M-O dot O-R-G. We have a Facebook group. We have a community on the Hive blockchain. Um, we use the hashtag on Twitter and there is a list. So if you use the hashtag, you will find you. We have a mega feed. We actually gather every single person, every single podcaster's individual RSS feed, and I put it together into the NAPOD POMO 2022 mega feed. And you subscribe to that one feed and it gives you everybody's podcast. So So we can keep up with everyone's stuff. And it's kind of nice to just hit play and just let each one roll. Like when I'm cooking or doing stuff around the house, I just do that. And then I don't know what's coming next. So it's always this little wonderful surprise of like, oh, it's so-and-so and and getting to know their voices and their show and hearing the the newbies kind of progress. And like, they're like, I added background music today. And it's like, you know, day three. And you're like, oh, that's cool. And I changed the music and, you know, day five. And you're like, yeah, experiment. Like, you don't know if you like that music or not. Give it a a whirl. Go for it. Give it a whirl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I'm at ePodcaster on Web2 and Web3. So if you just search for me using the at ePodcaster, that's me. That's amazing. So why E? That goes back to when I first heard about podcasting. Um, I was, I'm an entrepreneur and I thought this oh. is such a great thing for entrepreneurs and business people because you could speak what you needed to speak. You could write what you needed to write. You could video what you wanted to video. And there wasn't, you didn't have to go to the newspaper. You didn't have to go to the television. You didn't have to go to the radio. You could do it yourself. So entrepreneurial podcaster, way too long, but e-podcaster is what it is and how, and what is stuck. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. I love it. I was trying to figure that out because I always love E because my name and my last name. (laughs) So I'm constantly looking for E things. And I'm like my first handle for the um, not for Twitter. That was a different handle. But for like my Gmail address for my yoga podcast, my first Mm -hmm. podcast was E yoga class. So I was like, so every time I see your E podcaster, there's a a side of me that goes, is that me? (laughs) (laughs) And so every time, and I'm always like, I don't even know why I think that because I've never, ever done that. So it's weird. I'm like, is that my handle? No, it's not my handle. Um, so anyway, thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming. I hope to have you back again. This has been so exciting. Yeah. I, ho- I mean, I love what you and Jess are doing. You are just pioneers and you guys are doing amazing things to enhance and amplify women's voices in podcasting. I was one of your speakers at, at She Podcasters, I think maybe you're one. And I have to tell you the vibe in that building, in that conference room, in that convention was so like, uh, like so amazing. And I I'm know, like, right? I'm like, I, and I've been, you know, I've been, my very first podcast conference was in 2006, the Portable Media Expo in Ontario, California. So I've been to a lot of podcasting things. So it's not like as if I, I'm unaware, but this was something special. And I'm so yeah. glad that you guys, I know, you know, all the stuff that's going on, but I'm so glad that you all have done it and that you will continue to do it. And that women who are not podcasters yet need she podcasters. They need what you're doing. So carry on onward. Here we go. Thank you so much for that. That really means a lot. And it was incredibly special. And we hope to continue with the specialness too. So thanks so much for watching. And we'll talk with you guys in the next week, probably. Bye. Bye, y'all.